This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Psalms 34, verse 1. It says, I will bless the Lord sometimes. No, that is not what it says, is it? It says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord. Now, when we see God's word, we've got to ask, okay, can I see my picture? Can I see my face next to that scripture? Am I being a doer of God's word? 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, it says that it's important that you and I, we examine our own faith to see if our own faith is producing the fruit that it should be producing. Because a lot of times we want to examine everybody else's fruit, but we need to examine our fruit and ask, how am I doing? I will, I will, say I will. I will. will. That's a choice. That's a decision. I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. You know, our kids need to hear us blessing the Lord at all times because you can't cuss and bless at the same time. You know that? His praise will continually be in my mouth. Continually. Say continually. Continually. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Continually. Continually living a lifestyle. He's not talking uh, about just doing it at church on Sunday morning. He's saying, I'm making a decision that I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually come out of my mouth. Now, God doesn't tell us to do something that you and I aren't able to do. So when he tells us to continually let the praises of God come out of our mouths, he tells us to meditate on the word day and night. That lets us know we have the ability to meditate the word day and night. We have the ability to bless the Lord at all times. We have the ability to let his praise continually come out of our mouth. What is he saying? That it's not just for Sunday, it's a lifestyle. The just shall live by faith. Not just go to church by faith, but live by faith. Now remember, it's not the Bible toters that get results. It's not the t-shirt wearers that get results. It's not the bumper sticker havers that get results. It's not the cross jewelry wearers that get results. All of that is fine and dandy. Who gets results from the word of God? It is the doers of the word of God. James says the people who hear the word, receive the word, welcome the word, accept the word, apply the word, that's the person who's blessed in their doings. Blessed meaning empowered to move forward. How many of you want to be empowered to move forward, empowered to prosper? How many of you that... Okay, so he says, it's the doer. Say the doer. doer. It's the doer. It's the doer of God's word. We don't just need more information. How am I doing with what I know? I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Let's keep going. Verse 2, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, now pause there for a moment. My soul will boast in the Lord. When I say the word boast, what, what do you think of boasting? When somebody's with their boasting, what do you think of? Brag. Brag, you know, I, I don't know if it, you know, it does this with the girls, but I know as little boys on the playground, you know, well, my daddy whoop your daddy. Right? Well, my daddy whoop your daddy with one hand tied behind his back, you know? 
What are they doing? They're bragging, and we have a daddy that can't be beat. We have a daddy that can't be defeated. We have a daddy that is always faithful. He's always there. He's always protecting. He's always guiding. He's always directing. He says, I will boast. I will brag. It's okay to brag on the goodness of God. You know that? It is okay to brag that God set you free and brag that God saved your family and brag that God restored your life and brag that God healed your body and brag that you know the heart of the heavenly father and brag. It's good to brag on our father. He says, I I will boast in the Lord. He keeps going and he says, the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Now think about what he's saying. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. You know, an indicator of true humility, true humility is I'm going to say about myself what God says about me. And nowhere in the New Testament can you find God humbling anybody. He tells you and I to make a decision to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. He says the humble, now now track with me here, the humble will hear of it and be glad. What's an indicator that I truly believe God's word? When I hear, I'm glad. Romans 15, 13 says there's joy and peace in believing. That if I truly believe God's word, there's going to be joy there. When I truly believe God's word, there's going to be peace there. When I truly believe that God is in me and God is with me and God is for me, when I truly believe that, my my body posture is going to change. My face is going to change. I'm not going to look like the church of the sourpuss lemon suckers. If I truly believe God's word, and I encourage you, if you've never done this, there's so many times I'll just sit back from my Bible and I'll ask myself, if I truly believe that God is my healer, my redeemer, my provider, my director, my guider, if I truly believe this, how am I going to think? If I truly believe this, what's my attitude going to be like when I get up from here? If I truly believe this, what's the, what are the words going to be coming out of my mouth? If I truly believe this, what's my praise going to be like? What's my worship going to be like? If I truly believe this... The humble will hear and be glad. So what's the other side of that? I come into church. You know, the Bible says those who are planted in the house of God, they shall flourish. Notice, notice he didn't say potted. You know, you think of a pot, a pot, you know, a plant can only grow so high in a pot because its, its roots can only go so far. And, and what does that look like? If we were potted in the house of God, we come in and we sit in our little pot. And our pot looks like our perception. It's what we've been taught. It's how we've been grown up. It's how we've grown up. It's what Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong taught us, you know, as little kids. And so we sit here and we listen to the leadership and we listen uh, through our perception and through our learning and we're in our pot and if it doesn't agree with what Uncle Boo Boo and Aunt Ding Dong said, then we're not going to receive it. And we're potted and we come to church for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. There's no growth. There's no change. There's no increase. There's no power. We're gathering together and bless the Lord, we're coming to church on the way to lunch and <laughs> But there's no change. Why? We need to check our pot. Because every time you come in here, the Holy Spirit's sitting there with a hammer, and he's saying, 
please smash your pot today. Please be willing to let go of what you think you know about God. Please bring your thinking up. Please bring your believing up. Please smash that old religious mindset. Come on, get out of your pot and be planted because God wants us to grow. Look at your neighbor and say, get out of the pot. <laughs> Let's keep going. Corey, behave yourself. Verse 4, he says, I sought the Lord. Are you still with me? We're talking about receiving God's goodness. Okay, so let's ask, okay, how am I doing on blessing the Lord at all times? Pause. How, how are we doing? Okay, if you need to make an adjustment, make that adjustment on the inside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continually let the praises of God come out of my mouth. Pause for a moment. How, how are we doing? Make the adjustment. Let's keep going. And he says right here, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Magnify the Lord with me. Magnify, what do you, what do you picture when you hear the word magnify? Like the magnifying glass. I don't know if y'all did this or not, but remember when you had the magnifying glass and the sun went directly through it and you used to do you just zap the ants. Did you ever do that? You know? That really has nothing to do with it besides the magnifying glass. He's saying, let us magnify God together. We're not going to make God any bigger than what he is. But when we take his word and we begin to fellowship with him through his word and we begin to praise him, when we begin to look at the promise and not the problem, we begin to look at the redeemer and not the bondage, we begin to look at him, we magnify the Lord together, he starts getting bigger in our sight and in our thinking and in our heart. It doesn't change him, it changes us. He says, let us magnify the Lord together. So I'm not teaching on this, but I want to ask you, are you magnifying God or are you magnifying the enemy? Are you magnifying God or are you magnifying the sickness? Are you magnifying God or are you magnifying the lack? Are you magnifying God or are you magnifying that hurt and that pain? Are you magnifying God and minimizing the enemy or are you magnifying the enemy and minimizing God? He said, let us magnify God together. Let us exalt his name together. The word exalt means to, means to put up. It means that there's times there's so much pressure that you're going to have to heave up and make a choice and make a decision that even though I don't feel like praising God, I'm going to heave up the name of God. Even though I don't feel like rejoicing, I'm going to heave up and I'm going to rejoice anyway. I've already made a decision whether things are good, whether things are not good. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually come out of my mouth and I will heave it up if I have to. He says, let us exalt his name together. Let's keep going. Verse four, I I sought the Lord and he heard me. Pause for a moment. Can you see yourself right there? I sought the Lord. Not just coming to church. This is a, a lifestyle. This is an action. This is, this is who you are. This is what you do. I, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from some of my fears. No, he said, all my fears. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. So I sought the Lord. How am I doing? He, he heard me. Do you really believe that God hears you? 
and he delivered me from all my fears. That means fear of failure. That means fear of sickness. That means fear of cancer. It means fear of lack. It means fear of failure. It means fear in every form, fear of success, fear, whatever fear it is. I sought the Lord. How am I doing? If I'm seeking the Lord and I truly am after the heart of God, then I'm truly going to believe that he hears me. Remember 1 Peter 3, 12, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. If you truly believe that God's eyes are over you and his ears are open unto you, how are you going to pray? How are you going to act? How are you going to walk? How are you going to talk? How are you going to live? I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from every single one of my fears. Every one of them. Fear, you have no place in my life. But go back to the beginning. Am I doing the first part of this scripture? I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. He goes on, it says, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. You know, there comes a time in our relationship with God that if we keep looking to him, shame has to bow its knee. That you quit looking at your mistakes and you quit looking at the hurt, they look to him and their faces become radiant. How, how is that possible that we can look at the Word of God and we can look at the presence of God and we can look at the goodness of God and we can look at it that we quit looking at the hurt, we quit looking at the limits, we quit looking at the pain, we quit, quit looking at all the obstacles. We're looking to Him and our faces become radiant. Remember, remember Moses whenever he went up and he would, he would spend time with God and he'd come down and he'd have to put the veil over his face because his face glowed because of the presence of God? Then in 2 Corinthians 3, it tells you and I that whenever we come into the presence of God and we truly repent, we're not being religious, we're not playing church, but we truly repent. Say repent. We change our mind, we change our heart, and we're going after God. This doesn't mean you're perfect because that ain't happening to none of us, right? But it means we're in it. We're not, we're, we're, when we fall down, we get back up. We're going to keep stepping. We're going to keep showing up. We're going to be faithful. We're going to grab the hammer every Sunday morning. We're going to bust our pot. We're going to get planted. We're going to keep showing up. And it says when we continue in the Word of God and we continue to look at the goodness of God, that you and I with unveiled face, that we can come to such an intimate place with God that we no longer see our shame or our hurt or our lack or who we used to be, we begin to see who we are in Him and he says, this is whenever change begins to take place. He says that they look to him. And their faces become radiant. Because they're no longer bound by shame. And they're no longer bound by condemnation. And the guilt no longer has a hold of us. And we truly believe that whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Let's keep going. They cried, and the Lord heard them and saved them from all their troubles. Say, all the troubles. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamped around those who fear him and delivers them. I mean, think about it. I think it's going to be so cool when we get to see how many times that God spared our life and how many times God protected us and how many times that God delivered us. You know, there's angels in this place right now that every one of us, we have angels assigned to us. But in order for them to do their job, you and I, it's important that we talk right it's important that you and I think right, that we believe right, that we give them something to work with because angels can only hearken to the word of God that's coming out of our mouth. So when you have, you know, diarrhea of the mouth, so to say, and all you're talking is your problem, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, and oh my gosh, and the economy, and the weather, and oh my balls, and your angels are just saying, whew, whew, 
They can only move when we're speaking in alignment with God's word. And it says the angels of God encamp around about those who fear him, who trust him, who honor him, who worship him, who respect him. And then in verse 8, he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. How much want? No, none, not, not any. No want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Those that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Now notice the psalmist David. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. What's he saying? He's saying, I want you to come up and experience God the same way I've experienced God. This isn't just some uh, churchgoer. This is King David. David, this is a boy that has gone from tending sheep in the pasture to ruling and reigning, fulfilling his assignment, went from having nothing to having everything. And he's saying, now I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. The oh, 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 taste and see isn't, well, oh, no, the O is there because it's, a, it's an invitation. It's a, come on, come on, oh, you know, when you go eat something good, you know, if you, you know, we go eat or something, I don't say, well, Corey, this is the finest cuisine I've ever put on my palate in quite some time here. <laughs> no, if we eat something, what, what, are, what are we going to do? We sit down, we eat something, I mean, there's going to be, mmm, oh, man, taste some of this, taste, taste some, will you pass some, oh, mmm, there's a little groaning, there's a little moaning going on, right? Why? Because you're tasting something that changes your life. And there's a place in our relationship with God that you're not being religious or you're not playing church. It's you've got to, you've got to taste and see that the Lord is good. You've got, to, you've got to know the goodness of my God the way that I know the goodness of my God. The Lord is good. Say that with me. He says, taste and see the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Say that again. The Lord is good. Now, the word good there means pleasant. Now, think with me. It means pleasant. It means suitable. The Lord is pleasant. The Lord is suitable. The Lord is excellent, rich, well, appropriate, honorable, honest, the Lord is good. So we're saying the Lord is rich. The Lord is well. The Lord is honorable. The Lord is honest. And he's saying, I want you to taste and see. I don't want you to see it in somebody else's life. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you are tasting and seeing and you're seeking God and you're going after God, he says, there will come a place. If we keep doing our part, God will always do his part. There will be no want, no want to those who seek the Lord, no want to those who fear the Lord, no want of any good thing, any pleasure thing, any well thing, any appropriate thing, any rich thing, any honorable thing, any suitable thing, taste and see that the Lord is bad, good, good. We really got to ask ourselves though, now, now stay with me here, do I really believe that God is good? Because we come to church and we say, well, God is good all the time, and that's awesome, that's, that, that's right, 
But a lot of times we say God is good, but we actually believe there's some bad in him. God is good, but, but. He might put some sickness on you to teach you something. He might let you live in poverty your whole life to teach you something. God is not the killer. God is not the thief. God is not the stealer. God is not the destroyer. God and the devil aren't working together. If God and the devil are working together, we've had it. Right? You know, it isn't like, okay, because in our mindset now, well, this is where we've got to be real with ourselves. Where am I at on this? Because if we really believe that the devil is working for God, that he's employed by God, that God has to use the devil, then we think he's good sometimes, but he's employing the devil. So when the devil shows up, we've got to ask the devil, now, did God send you or are you here on your own? And it leaves us in this kind of limbo that I don't know if this is from God because he's teaching me something, or I don't know if this is from the devil, or I don't know or which way is it coming from. Well, I guess just whatever will be, will be. It all just must be the will of God. Go back. Go back to the, in your own time. Genesis chapter 1, I encourage you to read that because in, in the six days of creation, the seventh day rested. You know what? When he created the heavens and the earth, what did he say? It was... It was good. When he created the stars and the moon, what did he say? It was when he created the fish and the cattle and, and all the trees and the seeds and the birds and the fruit. And what did he say? It was, it was what? It was good. And he created man in his image and likeness. And then he said, it is very good. Why would God say it's good? Because it's pleasant. It's rich. It's full. It's honest. It's honorable. Anything that comes from God is good. That's all he is, is good. It is good to get your bills paid. It is good to have a healed body. It is good to have a peaceful mind. It is good to have victory. It is good to overcome. It is good to conquer. It is good to get up when you've been knocked down. It is good. God is good. And he's good all the time. But God is wanting you and I to take our receiving of his goodness to a new level. Because God wants his goodness to shine to us and through us to change the world around us. I believe we can see more of God's goodness. How about you? Remember in Exodus chapter 33, you can look at it in your own time, verses 18 and 19 here, Moses, God shows up to Moses, says, Moses, I want you to go to the good land that I've called. Notice he didn't call it bad land. He called it good land. He said, I want you to go to the, I want you to go to the good land where I've called you to. And, and Moses is talking to him and he says, man, he says, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. We're, we're not going anywhere. If your presence doesn't go with us. And, and, and so God said, okay, okay, Moses. He says, I, my, my presence is what's going to separate you from the rest of the world. And Moses said, Lord, verse 18, he says, Lord, please show me your glory. Verse 19, and God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. He says, God, Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. He says, I'll make my goodness 
passed before. He said, I'll show you all my goodness. I'll be merciful to who I'll be merciful to and compassionate to who I'll be compassionate to. And it was his goodness that, that provided manna out of heaven. It was his goodness that was a cloud by day and a fire by night. It was his goodness that brought water out of a rock. It was his goodness that didn't allow their feet to swell or their clothes to wear out for 40 years. It was his goodness that made a way. It is God's goodness. God is wanting us to walk in his goodness. Why? Because when God's goodness shows up, it isn't just about you and your four and no more. God's goodness is always to reach other people. Go with me to Romans 2, 4. Some of these I'll just refer to and some of them I want us to read. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Say, God is good and he does good. Now, what's, what's the purpose of his goodness? Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness? forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. It's the goodness of God. Why does God want to show you and I his goodness? Because it's his goodness that leads people to repentance. It's not beating the crud out of them with our Bible. It doesn't say beat them over the head and man, they'll eventually get it. No, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's good when you're walking in victory. It's good when you know the heart of the Father. It's good when you're joyful. It's good when you're at peace. It's good that you once were lost, but now you're found. It's good you once were addicted, but now you're free. It's good when you once were sick, but now you're healed. It's good when you were once broke, and now you're blessed. It is good when you have the goodness of God. Why? Why does God want to show us his goodness? Because he always has other people on his mind. And he says, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And we come to church and we pray, God, God change our nation and change our country. And all that is fine and good. God, change this church. How is he going to change it? By his goodness, not his badness. By his goodness, not religion. By his goodness, not just some method. By his goodness, he leads people to repentance. In the Amplified, it says God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind and inner man to accept God's will. It is God's goodness that gets you to a place that you make a decision, God, I want what you want more than what I want. God, I want your will more than I want my will. I want your, your will more than I want Aunt Boo Boo's will. I want your will. It says you come to the place where you accept. Accept means that you're going to lay hold of. You're going you're gonna to take it. You're going to embrace it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get in you and you're going to get in that. You're going to accept God's will because God's will is always good and only good. Not some good, some bad. He's good. He's good. Stay with me. I can tell some of you, your mind's going, tilt, tilt, but, but, but. Stay with me. Remember, we, we got the hammer. We're smashing our pot. Look at your neighbor and say, smash your pot. See, nowhere in the beginning when God created did he create cancer. You can't find it. Nowhere in the beginning did he create lack. You can't find it. He said the gold was good, not bad. If we were to say that today, oh, my gosh, the devil. But God calls it good. Now, God doesn't want the good things to have us. He wants us to be stewards of the good things. Because it's goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that causes you and I to accept his will because now we no longer see him as a taker or a withholder 
But we see him when he speaks to us, it's not to restrain us or not to hold us back, but it's to set us free. And we see when he speaks and we hear his word, it's to give life and life more abundantly. And it's to guide and to direct us to be at the right place at the right time, to walk in victory and to overcome. We begin to see him as a life giver instead of a, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. It's not about what you can't do, it's about what you can do. God is good. And he wants you and I to walk in his goodness. He wants you and I to believe him for his goodness. He's good. Nehemiah 9.20, it says he gave us his good spirit to instruct us. Say he's good. Luke chapter 11, verse 13, it says, if you and I, being in our natural state, know how to give good gifts to our kids. How many of you have kids in here? Okay, do you give good gifts to your kids? Have you given a good gift to your kid? How many of you? What's wrong with the rest of you? Come on, step it up, will you? He says, now listen, he says, now how much more will our heavenly father give good? He's good. Say he's good. good. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. You know, God has called you and I to preach the good news, not the bad news. Mark 16, 15, what do you think we're doing around the world, going to all the world and preach the gospel? What is gospel? It's good news. It's good news to know that you don't have to die and go to hell. Amen? It's good news to know that you don't have to die with sickness in your body. It's good news to know that God wants to provide your needs. It's good news that God wants good relationships and good businesses and and your dream to come to pass. You know what? It's good news when you realize with God all things are possible. It is good news when you don't have to be mentally tormented. It is so good news when you don't have to be addicted anymore. It is good news that you don't have to hurt from the inside out. It is good news. Good news. Good news. The humble hear it and they're glad. Why are you glad? Because it's good news. It is good news that we once were lost, but now we're found. It's good news to know that you and I can come right into the presence of God and know that we can stand there with confidence and boldness because of the blood of Jesus. That's good news. It's good news to know that when you and I come into Christ, we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's that's good news. The old is gone, the new has come. It's good news to know that the Spirit of Almighty God lives on the inside of you, not just on the outside, but He's in you. That's good news. It's good news. It's good news to know that when you and God get in on the same page and are on the, uh, you're in agreement with God that His Word is going to become flesh and dwell among you. It is, it is good news. Say good news. It's good news. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I'll just read this to you. You can look over there if you want. Luke 4, 18. And Amplified, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, the Messiah, to preach the good news. The gospel to the poor, he has sent me to announce and release the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to sent forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are broken down, bruised, crushed by calamity. It's good news 
when you don't, you know, when he refers to bruising, bruising, think about what bruising is. It's whenever you, you, you hurt from the inside out. You're, there's, 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 there's broken areas. There's crushed areas. There's because of life. We, we live in a fallen world and there's difficulty and hurt and pain and sickness and the curse. And, but in Christ Jesus, you and I can overcome And it's good news to know that we can keep lifting our thinking. When we lift our thinking, we lift our believing. And when we lift our believing, it's going to lift our life. It is good news to know that, yes, our life might have been living hell on earth, but it is good news to know that God is a restoring God. God is a redeeming God. God is a healing God. It is good news to know that I don't have to continually live with this slow bleed on the inside of hurt and pain. And that's good news. That he's the healer of the brokenhearted. It's good news to know that if you have been hurt at a young age, that you don't have to go on any longer. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? We're not done. Stay engaged with me. Keep believing God. It's good news to know. Because I have a sense there's somebody here, and I, I, that's why I have everybody's head, eyes closed. That you were, you were molested at a young age. And God is speaking to you right now. And He's saying, you know what? It's good news that you don't have to hurt any longer. It's good news that with my help you can forgive that person. It's good news that every area that you were touched in and you felt violated in, it's good news that right now the Spirit of God is wanting to go into that inner part of your world and bring healing healing to your heart right now. Not somebody else's heart. He's speaking to you. That's good news. That you don't have to live with hurt and distrust. But it's good news. That you have a heavenly father who loves you and believes in you. And wants the best for you. With heads bowed, eyes closed. Whoever that is. Would you just slip your hand up in the air and just say, yeah, that you're talking to me right here and 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 here and here. Father, right now, I ask you, Holy Spirit of God, to flood that broken area of their heart. And I ask that every area that has been violated in their soul and violated physically and violated mentally, that right now the healing power of God saturates them and consumes them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And I ask you to make it so real to them how faithful and how good you are that their trust level comes to new levels in you.
knowing that you're good, you're only good. And that you heal and you mend and you love. And I break off right now any shame or any condemnation or any guilt. I break it off right now in the name of Jesus. And I tell you, be gone and don't you enter back in in the name of Jesus. And I declare freedom in every one of these individuals that lifted their hands. Freedom. Freedom. This is a turning point that they see you as good. They see your word is good. They see your spirit is good. They see your church is good. They see your family is good. They see good in you. And all of God's people said amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise? Thank you, Father. God is good. Say that with me. God is good. God is good. See, that's, that's the, only the goodness of God. See, the goodness of God wants to reveal the heart of God. Not just at church. God... God wants to reveal his goodness when you're at work. He wants to reveal his goodness when, when you're at the grocery store. He wants to reveal his goodness. Yeah, there's somebody here you've been dealing with uh, diabetes. And the Lord's, uh, like you're, you're, even though you've been taking medicine, your, your blood levels have been staying low and they haven't been coming back up. It's time for that to change. Who, who is that? Would you just raise your hand? Okay, here. And there's one more right here. Okay. Here. Okay. Y- y'all, y'all agree with me for a moment. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak to their blood levels. And you listen to me in the name that is above every name. Sugar levels, you listen to me. You come up. And you normalize in the name of Jesus. And I just command anything that is out of order, you come back into order right now in the name of Jesus. And whatever God puts in order cannot be reversed from this time forward. They level out and they're whole and complete in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Can we give the Lord praise? Thank you, Lord. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It is the goodness, it is the goodness of God. There's someone here, you've been dealing with uh, issues in your heart, like uh, uh, the doctors, there's a, uh, keep seeing like a, 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 a hole in the heart or there's a, something out of whack just in your heart. Who, who is that? Right here, okay. Y'all, y'all stretch your hands towards this gentleman. Father, right now, In the name of Jesus, I release the anointing of God into this man's heart. And heart, you listen to me. I command you to function the way you're created to function whole. I command you to clean up 
and shut up in the name of Jesus. I command the tissue to be recreated in the name of Jesus. I command the blood vessels to flow freely in the name of Jesus. I declare wholeness in this man's heart in the name of Jesus. He lives long and he lives strong in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise for his goodness? Now, it's okay that we listen to the Lord, right? That's his goodness. I can hear some of you thinking, what in the heck is going on? It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. You know, last year I was at Las Vegas and uh, Corey's out there. There's so many people to reach out there. I mean, that's what's so cool about just all the relationships we have. And I do church at South Point every morning out there, and it's a different group of people every single morning. So I'm out there for, you know, 10 days, and, and there'll be 5 to 20 people accept the Lord every single morning. It's just phenomenal. It's like shoving it right up the devil's nose. I like it. <laughs> but the first day we were out there, I preached, and I was getting ready to rope, and I was out there in the parking lot, swinging through my rope. My phone rings, and Heather... He says, Trey, you got to get to Rena right now. And I just, I could tell in her voice that there's no question. So I just turned. And when I turned to take off running towards Rena, somebody is already coming towards me to get my horse. And I just take off running and I jump the fence. And this kid's laying out there in the middle of the arena and there's blood coming out of his ears. I mean, the spirit of death was all over that place. And, you know, people are freaking out. And I just take off running and I'm just commanding life to come back into his brain and come back into his body and rebuking the spirit of death. And he will live and he will not die. And he will declare the works of the Lord and it goes on the process you know and the ambulance comes and we get a hold of the dad and of course he's just glazed over you know because the devil you know the, all the thoughts of the same people get you know drugged before and hit their head before and die before and oh my gosh the same thing's going to happen to his kids and Heather and I said uh uh-uh, uh this isn't God's will this is not happening to this kid this kid will live and he will not die and the ambulance gets there you know and they say well he's going to be in a coma for you know for weeks and then they don't know well first they don't know if he's going to live because his brain swelled up and the bleeding's out the ears and, you know, so we go to the hospital and we talk to them about creating an environment of faith and staying in faith and continuing to declare the word of God. And, and then they say, well, we're going to take him off all the machines and well, he's either going to live or he's going to die and we don't know how he's going to react. And, and then it was, well, he's going to be two weeks, you know, in a coma. And, and then it was going to be, well, he's going to be in rehab for all this amount of time. And went up there three days after the accident and they released him completely healed and completely whole. And somebody needed to hear that. That's the goodness of God. Our God is a good God. Our Father is a good Father. And I don't know what you've been taught growing up, but if you have a skewed perception of our Heavenly Father and it doesn't line up with God's Word, it's time to let it down. And it's break the pot. It's time to grab that spiritual hammer and break the pot. Not only get off the pot, I mean get rid of the pot, all right? (laughs) And flush it. (laughs) But God needs you and I to expect to see his goodness. He needs you and I to believe 
that God, I, I'm believing you for your goodness. He needs you and I to talk in alignment with his goodness, that Father, it's your goodness that's restoring my family, it's your goodness that's restoring my physical body. It's, it's God's goodness, whoever that is that you have been dealing with severe stomach issues for a, quite some time now, the goodness of God is working in your body right now. Who is that? Just lift your hand right here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's give the Lord praise. That's his goodness. That's his goodness right there. His, his goodness. I don't care how much dope you've done. I don't care how much you've done. God will restore your brain cells. God will restore your life. God is good, and he's good all the time, and he's not going to start being bad with you. He's good. He is good. He is good, but a lot of times we think God is good to Pastor Corey. God is good to, to Pastor Jamie. God is good to somebody else. God will, God will hear somebody else's prayer. God will show up for somebody else. No, God will show up for you. And God wants to show up for you and you and you and every single one of us. So we've got we to make that shift on the inside. That if God's going to show up for anybody, it's going to be me. If God's going to hear anybody's prayers, it's going to be mine. If anybody's going to walk in the power of God, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to walk in deliverance, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to reach their dream, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to be everything they're called to be, it's going to be me. God wants to show up for me. Say that, God wants to show up for me. God wants to show up for me. Psalms 27, we're going to get ready to be done right here. I had so much more, but this is just where we're at. Psalms 27, verse 13. In the New King James Version, it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord when I get to heaven. That isn't what he says if, you don't have, if you're not reading your Bible. That's not what it says. This one said, it said, I would have, and you're going to see good when you get to heaven, but listen to what it said. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In the Amplified, it says, what, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. He says, what would have become of me had I not believed? Me, in order for God to show up in my life, I've got to believe. In order for God to show up in your life, you've got to believe. It's, it's great that you have a believing family here, but nobody's going to open up the doors for God to show up in your life like you can open up the doors for God to show up in your life. He says, what would have become of me? In other words, I would have lost heart. I would have grown faint. I would have thrown in the towel because I quit believing. Why, why do people lose heart in the process? Why do people quit coming to church? Why do people quit praising and worshiping God? Why do people continue to, to quit one person right after the other? What would have become of me if I would not have chosen to believe God's word? When we quit believing, we're going to lose heart. When we quit believing, we're going to throw in the towel. When we quit believing, pause for a moment, step back from the Bible. If I truly believe God's word, how am I going to think? How am I going to believe? How am I going to act? How am I going to walk? How am I going to talk? How am I going to praise? How, how are we doing? He says, wait, expect, hope, in the Lord, expect to see the goodness of God in your marriage. Expect to see the goodness of God in your kids. Expect, 
Y'all stretch forth your hand right here towards this baby. Father, right now, the work that you're doing on the inside of this baby, I declare it is your goodness that saturates this baby from the top of its head to the soles of its feet. Uh, Father, every organ and cell and tissue of that baby is saturated with the goodness of God. And I just demand things to continue to be in alignment and stay in alignment. And that this child knows you all the days of their life. And I release the goodness of God and the blessing of God upon this child in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Expect to see the goodness of God. I, so, so this is something I'm always asking myself when I, when I go somewhere, when I'm teaching. Okay, what does God want us to know? And what does God want us to do? What does God want us to know? God wants us to know that he wants us to receive good so we can give good. If you don't have good, you can't give good. There are millions of people all over the earth say things like, I would like to help, but I don't have it. I would like to help you, Pastor Cord, build this church if I had it. I would like to help you pay for your house if I had it. I would like to help pay for your clothes if I had it. I would like to help take care of your groceries if I had it. I would like to reach the world if I had it, if, if I had it. God says in order for us to release good, we've got to start seeing good. We've got to start receiving good. We've got to start expecting good. It's good when you have a good house. It's good when you have good clothes. It's good when you have good finances. It's good when you're able to eat good and take care of yourself. It's good. You receive good to give good. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. What would have become of us if we would not believe that we would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? So what do I need to do? Believe to see the Lord's goodness in our life. Expect to see the goodness of God financially. Expect to see the goodness of God physically. Expect to see the goodness of God relationally. Remember the word good, excellent, rich, well, appropriate, honest, honorable, suitable. It's good. He's good and he wants to do good in you and through you to touch the world around you. Say, God wants to be good to me. God wants to be good to me. Expect to see his goodness. Expect to see his goodness. What does he want us to know? That he wants us to receive his goodness. What does he want us to do? He wants us to believe in his goodness. He wants us to expect his goodness. He wants us to receive his goodness. He wants us to walk in his goodness. He wants us to be good. Start with where you're at. All we can do is start with what we have, right? God wants us to to receive good. So we can do good. Did you get something good out of God's word today?